This is Colorful Commentary. On this episode, we are going to talk about Biden's win, the stimulus bill, the coronavirus vaccine, and some history-making women. So let's get started. Welcome, 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 and Merry, Merry, Merry Christmas, and Happy Hanukkah, and Happy Kwanzaa, and Happy New Year, all the good stuff. I know you, like me, are ready for 2020 to be done. We've had some blessings, we've had some beauty, but we've had a lot of pain, a lot of death, a lot of suffering, and you know, it's just, it's time for 2021. It is. I mean, quite literally, but also figuratively. <laughs> so on this last episode of 2020, I definitely wanted to give you all all the scoop and all the news that's going on to lead you into this joyful holiday season so that you can just tune out of the news after this and then you can pick back up, let's say, I don't know, January 4th, the first Monday in 2021. I think that's fair. So let's get into it. The first order of business is confirming what we already know. I don't even know if this would be confirming. It's just letting you know what, again, you already know, which is that Biden did win the election. The Electoral College has voted and all the voters have obviously voted. Everyone has spoken. So Biden won the Electoral College 306 to Trump's 232. And let's just say it's an amazing day for democracy. Thank God all the systems of democracy held up, even though Trump has tried lawsuit after lawsuit after lawsuit, which all have failed to try and overturn the elections. The lawsuit that he wanted to get to go to the Supreme Court, which over 100 House Republicans signed, mind you, was to say that 10 million votes in swing states such as Wisconsin, Georgia, Pennsylvania, and Michigan should be thrown out most of those votes were in black neighborhoods and what i'm not understanding about this which of course is why the supreme court rejected that proposal in a 9-0 decision even though six of the supreme court justices are republican nominated and only three are democrat nominated they rejected that lawsuit straight out of hand because it had absolutely no legal basis and no legal bearing And the thing is, Trump lost the election in 2016, lost the popular vote, excuse me, let me be very clear. He won the election, the electoral college vote, which is the only one that matters, but he lost the popular vote by 3 million votes. So how in the world could 10 million votes be considered invalidated? That would mean because Biden has now is now 7 million votes ahead of the popular vote. So if they wanted to invalidate 10 million votes, that would mean that now Trump has would have won the popular vote by 3 million, which makes no sense because second term presidents, presidents for running for a second term are always less popular than they were the first term. So if he lost the popular vote in 2016, how in the hell could he possibly have won the popular vote now? Which of course he didn't. He lost it by 7 million votes. It's been a record uh, breaking number on both sides. Trump has gotten the most votes of a losing candidate and Biden has gotten the most votes, period. So this is an incredible, incredible day again for democracy. It's an incredible time with the pandemic and everything. It's like, who was going to vote? Was it going to be low turnout? What was going to go on? All the post office delays with the mail-in balloting, what was going to happen? And thank God we're here today 
everybody wants to say we're more divided, but I feel like we're more united because Biden has one of the largest margins in victory ever with 7 million uh, votes in the popular vote. And his 306 is the exact same number in the Electoral College that Trump got in 2016. And at that time, Trump said it was a landslide. So again, this is definitive. There's no questions about it. And if you're somebody who has a question about it, then I urge you to look at the facts and the facts will lead you to the truth, which is that Biden legitimately won the presidency and anybody working to get that overturned is working against the will of the people and is working to undermine democracy itself. End of story. End of story. Hopefully. Well, this story will end January 20th because we will begin a new administration. Mind you, despite all this, even with the Supreme Court rejecting his case, Trump is still falsely claiming that he won, and 220 congressional Republicans will not say who won the election. But Biden is steady moving along, getting his cabinet together, and in the speech after the Electoral College confirmed his win, he said, and I quote, Once again in America, the rule of law, our constitution, and the will of the people have prevailed. Our democracy pushed, tested, threatened, proved to be resilient, true, and strong. And he is so right on that count. And thank God for it. Now, Donald Trump in an interview with Fox News, and I quote, said, I worry about the country having an illegitimate president. That's what I worry about. A president that lost and lost badly. End quote. Now, like I said, he lost the popular vote in 2016. Again, won the Electoral College, but he lost the popular vote in 2016. But now he's concerned about the country having an illegitimate president when he now in 2020 lost the popular vote and the Electoral College vote. Nah, not falling for it. And I hope you're not either. This is a time for us to move forward and to look with hope and hold Biden accountable. Look, he has got to rise to the occasion and he's like any other politician he's going to try and get away with what he can but we have to make sure we're holding him accountable and we're putting his feet to the fire to make sure he follows through on his campaign promises now one of the main things in this world today as we know is the coronavirus this pandemic is insane it is just it's getting out of control i mean it's been out of control but it's really getting out of control given that the federal government has continued to do nothing um excuse me let me pull that back. Not the federal government. I mean, the administration, Trump's administration. They have not done a mask mandate. They have not done a shutdown. They have not done anything except ban travel from China. And that was in March. So at this point, it all falls on Congress. And they have been stagnant in many ways. The Democrats in the House passed the HEROES Act uh, over this past summer, but Mitch McConnell would not bring it to a vote. But now with the holidays coming up, they finally were able to get negotiations done. And so a stimulus relief bill was passed last Monday. That's great news for everyone, everyone. If you are not a dependent, that means that you will now be receiving, based on the bill that's been passed, a $600 one-time check. And if you're getting unemployment, you'll get $300 added a week to your unemployment benefits up until March 14, 2021. Now, of course, you know, there always has to be a little drama with this in that Trump recently put out a Twitter post, a video saying that 
the $600, the one-time $600 check was, and I quote, ridiculously low. And so he wants people to get a $2,000 one-time check. So he's threatening to not sign the bill, even though it's been passed by the House and the Senate, unless they have a $2,000 check in there instead of the $600 check. Now, this is something that the Democrats agree with him on. They completely agree that the $600 check is too low and that people need more than that to be able to feed their family and to have economic security in these times. I mean, it's unprecedented. So Nancy Pelosi tweeted that Republicans repeatedly refused to say what amount the president wanted for direct checks. And at last, the president has agreed to $2,000. Democrats are ready to bring this to the floor this week by unanimous consent. Let's do it. So we'll see. At this point, the Republicans are not trying, they weren't trying to give a one-time check period. So it's not clear on whether they're going to side with him or not. Usually Republicans are in lockstep with Trump. So we'll see if they choose to do this. I hope they do. This would be amazing for American families to get a $2,000 check as opposed to $600. That could actually be the difference between security and (laughs) disaster for some families, even though again, I, I feel like it should be monthly check, but Unfortunately, we're not there yet. We take what we can get at this point. So this stimulus package costs a whopping $900 billion and it will provide $284 billion in PPP loans to small businesses. And now six in 10 consumers say that they have suffered financially through this crisis and that they are counting on this stimulus relief bill, on these stimulus checks. So if Trump, if Trump vetoes this bill, then it could possibly take another few weeks for another relief package to come through. And now if the unanimous consent that Pelosi is going to put on the floor, which the unanimous consent means unanimous consent, nobody can disagree with it or else if one person, they can just block the whole unanimous consent. So if all the Republicans and all the Democrats are on in agreement with this, then it possibly could be $2,000. A lot of experts are saying they don't think this is going to change anything. They feel like it's going to stay $600 off a one-time $600 check, particularly since Trump could have entered the talks but chose not to. He's been focusing on uh, undermining the election throughout this whole period. So he wasn't an integral part in these negotiations. And then now all of a sudden he's making this statement. So they don't know if this is grandeur, showmanship, or if this is actual real, you know, meat behind what he's saying. So we'll wait and see. But at this point, the bill has been passed. And so we'll see what Trump is going to do next. But hopefully this is good news for all of us Americans out there who need help during this season you are not alone trust me (laughs) you're not alone at all so leading in with the continued coronavirus uh given the relief package there are two vaccines that have been approved for emergency use it's the pfizer vaccine and the moderna vaccine i've been cautiously optimistic about this because it's you don't know. I mean, is it going to work? Is it going to be a massive rollout? Are there going to be any kinks in the process? What's going to go on? But I'm getting a little excited. I mean, given that people have started to get the vaccine, Biden got the vaccine. Um, Quite a few healthcare workers have gotten the vaccine. Other members of Congress have gotten the vaccine. And so it's looking to be something positive. So I, I, I truly hope and pray that this will be a major moment for our country. Now, of course, 
race somehow manages to find its way into every single issue in America. And this vaccine is no different because the African-American community is very skeptical of the vaccine. Now, if you don't know the history of the Tuskegee experiment, this is when black people were knowingly infected with syphilis and when I say knowingly, I mean the federal government knowingly infected them with syphilis, but they were telling them that they were being tested for something else. So black people were not known that they were injected with a deadly disease and the federal government just was studying them to see how they would die. Didn't give them a treatment, didn't give them anything. They just wanted to study to see how they would deteriorate and die. So I say that to say black people, we have every right <laughs> to be distrustful. We have every right to be wary, given that we always get the short end of the stick in situations like this. And I know I've heard several black people say uh, when they go to take the vaccine, they go into the white areas <laughs> because they just don't trust it. They don't trust the consistency of fairness in this process of how it's going to be disseminated to the country so this obviously poses a problem because at least 60 to 75 percent of the country needs to take the vaccine for it to work and for it to lower the caseload but again i mean this is understandable of this wariness and hesitancy in the black community as a black person i understand i also understand that we have to this coronavirus is out of control this pandemic is out of control i've had people in my circle who have gotten it who've gotten really sick it just feels like the circle is getting smaller and smaller and shrinking nothing but the grace and glory of god that it has not touched me personally so it's just it's it's a really sad time because this now covid is the number one cause of death in the united states for this year the number one cause of death, the number one cause of death, over 300,000 Americans have died, over 1 million people in the world have died of something that was completely preventable, that still is preventable. So this vaccine, I mean, is is the make or break moment. So I, I hope the government does what they need to do to convince and assure black people that they actually have our backs on this one and that they're not going to harm us but that this will actually help and heal us now the u.s surgeon general jerome adams who is african-american he said and i quote many people of color have good reason not to trust the government or the healthcare system and we've got to remember that while a lot of the framing is often political and there is no doubt that there is a higher level of distrust for this administration it goes back well beyond or before this administration end quote so we'll see where this goes because the government has got to validate and acknowledge the fears and the concerns of black people we deserve that okay we deserve that i don't even know the solution to this i really don't but if you're someone who's concerned i i suggest you really look up like research the vaccine don't just assume research the vaccine and if you're someone who is confident with taking it you know send those links and articles to your family and friends and reassure them as well because we're in this together i think this is a beautiful moment of us realizing just how interconnected we are as a people so this is our moment as black people to stand up and to step up and to hopefully get the long end of the stick this time so ah <sighs> We hope. <laughs> now, moving on to the historic making women, as I said in the intro, 
Deb Holland, who is a Democratic representative from New Mexico. She's actually one of two Native Americans to be elected to Congress. They were the first Native Americans to be elected to Congress. Both were women. And she has been nominated by Biden to lead the Department of the Interior. Now, if you don't know what the Department of the Interior is, that is basically management and conservation of all federal lands, all 500 million acres of federal lands. Now, we know how Native Americans have been disrespected, denigrated, disenfranchised, and basically almost erased from American history as a whole. So for a Native American woman, a Native American woman to be leading the federal department that heads and oversees all federal lands, including tribal lands. I mean, this is an amazing moment. When I heard her name being floated around, I was like, he's got to pick her. She is of the Laguna Puebla people of New Mexico, and she's already a history maker in what she's done in Congress. But this, this position, think about it. Most people in this position have been apathetic at most. They've been like, okay, I'm head of the Department of Interior, or at least that's what I imagine them saying. But this is a woman who understands the struggles of her people, who understands the land and the necessity and the importance of it and she's gonna be the head of that department i i just wow i mean this is these are these moments where you're proud to be an american now she tweeted that and i quote a voice like mine has never been a cabinet secretary or at the head of the department of interior growing up in my mother's pueblo household made me fierce i'll be fierce for all of us our planet and all of our protected land i am honored and ready to serve end quote and girl deb well miss secretary hopefully soon i am honored and ready for you to serve as well our lands deserve to be overseen by someone as dignified and fierce and caring as you truly 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 so we should be excited about this yay america finally something we can celebrate and i truly in my heart of hearts i believe that god placed native americans on this earth to teach the rest of us how to value our earth that is their purpose as a people and i believe that black people were placed on this earth to show all of us how to treat each other as human beings because let me tell you there ain't a people in this world more forgiving and loving and justice-minded than black people that's more by necessity but you know what we gonna roll with it okay we gonna roll with it now on to my second history making woman is actually our future first lady dr jill biden in a recent wall street journal op-ed some random man yeah i guess he was a professor at some uh university again former professor okay let that (laughs) say speak volumes he wrote an op-ed which is an opinion editorial saying that dr biden should drop the honorific of doctor and he said that because she's not a medical doctor it feels fraudulent not to say a touch comic to use the doctor title are you i i I mean i'm not even dignifying what he's saying with a response because it's stupid and it makes no sense what i'm here to tell you is why she will be a history making first lady and that is because she is going to continue to teach at community college in her position as first lady what mind-blowing amazing 
And I quote, I'm really looking forward to being first lady and doing the things that I did as second lady, carrying on with military families and education and free community college, cancer research, you know, Joe and I have both worked on all that. And then I'm going to teach as well. End quote. Do you know how amazing this is? I mean, Michelle Obama will always be our first lady culturally and spiritually. We know this. So we don't need another first lady in that aspect. But just the fact that this woman is going to work while being first lady in the White House, that is such a moment. Like that is, again, another reason to be proud of America. When has a first lady ever kept her job? Uh, Let me think, never, it's never happened. It has never happened. And I feel like it's so appropriate for the time we're in. Michelle Obama couldn't do it just based on her job and based on that she had young children and quite frankly, based on being the first African-American first lady. When you're the first, you have to make sacrifices that other people don't. So given that Joe Biden is a white woman, this is her way of still you know, moving that position forward into the present and into the future. And I'm, I'm, again, it makes me proud to be an American that although we don't have a woman president, that at least our first lady is going to continue to work as a community college teacher and will be referred to as Dr. Biden. Okay. Joe is her husband. <laughs> She's not his wife. <laughs> That's how we will refer to him as Dr. Biden's husband. So again, proud day for America. Yay, yay, yay. Yay, yay, yay. With all the sadness and pain, again, like I said, of 2020, it's beautiful to reflect and to look forward on what we have to look forward to in 2021. So my colorful comment of the day is what it was in the beginning, which is Merry, Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy New Year. And I just, I pray joy, peace, love for your family. I I truly do. Uh, This colorful community is one that I so appreciate. And this forum and medium and platform to be able to speak to you all is one that I do not take lightly. So I thank you for listening to me for this 2020. And we'll be back better and more colorful and have great, amazing things for you to come in 2021. So as always, stay colorful. Thank you.